Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Brook with Tom Fitzenmeyer Summit Commodity Brokerage. We ended lower in livestock and crude oil futures on Friday. The grains were actually mixed. And, you know, Tom, let's start off talking about the grains because we had nice reversals on Thursday, but we didn't get a ton of follow through. So no confirmation anyways of those reversals. Yeah, that was nice. I mean, especially in corn, you go down and make new contract lows, come back, close higher. Yeah, on the opening on Friday morning, you had a nice follow through uh, buying that took uh, March corn back up to test uh, resistance at 450. And then it just ran out of sellers and down we came to close rough, roughly steady. Now, the same thing happened in a, to a minor degree in beans. Beans didn't make new contract lows, but they needed new lows for the move on Thursday. Popped up uh, a little bit, had some nice follow through buying again Friday morning and then failed and came back to steady also. So, uh, you know, and, and we did have in some corn on Friday, a pretty decent export sales number, which was, you would thought would have been a little more supportive than it was. And maybe that was a reason, part of the reason we, we popped up a little bit right after the opening, but uh, on soybean, the meal closed lower, bean oil closed lower once again. Uh, so you just had no help from the products on, on, on the soybean side. Is the mentality shifted now, Tom, to the funds kind of selling just about every rally? Is that why we couldn't hold the strength on Friday? Yeah, they're short. They're defending those positions. They've been short on, on corn in particular for quite a while. And, and you know, it's the old adage, keep doing what's working. And what's working has been to sell any rallies that come along in the corn market. And I think with the weather sort of somewhat improving in Brazil, they're they're beginning to take that same attitude in soybeans. I mean, they're they're short soybeans, um, and, and building those short positions. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's tough. It's, at some point, they they will they will be done doing that, and the market will uh, reverse on them. I'm not sure what's going to make that happen in the short run, but something almost always always does. Ho hopefully, that happens. And, and at these kind of prices, and we don't have to go a lot lower for that to happen. Although uh, that that certainly is is a possibility, given the, the large inventories we've got in corn, uh, given that the USDA, as well as Conab, did not seem to want to lower the the uh, soybean and corn production numbers for Brazil all that much. We're going to have a record crop in Argentina as the way it looks. Uh, so, uh, and then they bumped the, this bean carryout. Everybody's been a little concerned about that being tight. Well, that kind of loosened up a week ago uh, too. So I, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot to overcome. And at the same time, you've got, we're making new, not new highs, but uh, making new recent highs for the move in the dollar index, which, which is a headwind for all grains and livestock. Yeah. So funds are not as short historically as they could be. So when right. do they keep, you know, when do they get out of their shorts or do they keep going short here in these markets? Well, like I said, the fundamentals aren't all that positive. So I, I guess they're, they're going to keep selling it until selling doesn't work anymore. And we've had, had some commercial interest in, in the corn market, which, which is a little bit encouraging. On the other hand, on the upside, you've got the farmer sitting on all this, all this big inventory that at some point is going to have to move. Now, I, I assume that this break in prices has probably softened them up a little bit and they've kind of got some of the $5 stars out of their eyes. But, uh, you know, I, that, that, that still is a, is a big inventory that's sitting over the market that will eventually move and, and probably put a cap on, on rallies that amount to much. Yeah. 
do we know how much farmer selling has been done here after the first of the year versus what's yet to come? I don't have a lot of quantity on that, but everybody you talk to says very little move. And a lot of that, like I said, is 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 due to the weather. I mean, nobody just wants to get a get a truck out there and have to dig their bins out. They they don't want to do any of that, especially with the prices not not very good. So uh, I guess we'll have to see. I I, I know their their inventory is substantial. I guess I can't quantify what it, what exactly it is. Yeah. Uh, you would think with the better weather, maybe we'll see a little pickup in farmer selling here maybe next week. Yeah, and I, and and some of these end users are offering some deals too to try and entice people that with delayed pricing and and you know some little better basis or deferred basis or uh, so there's a lot of things going on uh, by the end users trying to entice grain out of the farm farmers' hands, and there may be just enough of that to kind of keep everybody satisfied for a while. Right. So when you look at the weekly closes, it felt like a really bearish week, Tom, but corn was only down about a penny and a half on the March and March beans were down only 11. I hate to call that a victory, but at least it wasn't as bad as it seemed. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, it's, it seemed ugly all week long and partially because we made that, that new contract low on Thursday that really put, put a negative tone on, on, a, on a lot of things. But it was nice to see it come back here at, at the close Thursday and, and, and at least make an attempt at a rally on Friday, which, uh, which was kind of nice to see. I, you know, historically, when you have a bearish report like we had a week ago, uh, there's usually a little follow through the following week, and that's kind of what we had. So now we can come in uh, Monday morning maybe with sort of a fresh look at things, uh, start evaluating South American weather to see if that's positive or negative see if any export sales start to pop up here for us um, and maybe maybe take a look at the market with some fresh eyes. Yeah, now that we got the report hangover done, maybe we can start moving on and focusing on something else. Um, right. You know, we you talked a little bit about commercial buying interest and, you know, we did see a little bit of China business on Friday in soybeans. But overall, do you think we're down at a value level where we might start to see some more business? Maybe, maybe. I, you know, one of the problems on the soybean side is soybean meal has been lead, leading that soy complex for quite some time, mainly because of the big problems they had in Argentina last year. They're, they're ex, they tend to be a big processing country. They tend to export most of a lot of their beans as meal, and they just hadn't had any to export. And so the U.S. meal market has really benefited from that. Well, now all of a sudden you're looking ahead, seeing a record crop coming in Argentina, which means they're going to be back having meal available. And I think the market's starting to anticipate that. So you're going to, I, I, I worry that we're going to see some of that leadership that we've had from the meal start to start to fail here yeah. as we go into the spring. But I will say we had rumors of export cancellations by China of soybeans kind of floating around this week. So to see them come in and buy, at least was a little bit encouraging, wasn't it? Well, some of their buying was just switching too from unknown to okay. or, or non, unknown origin back to Chinese origin. So that may not be quite as good as it looked right at the surface. And crude oil um, down for the week, but the dollar index, as you mentioned, we had a strong week there. Do you anticipate that's going to continue to move higher and will that continue to be a headwind for the grains? Well, of course, the dollar index and what it does is is, is based mainly on um, differential interest rate differentials. So, 
if you think the if the Fed, if if you think the Fed's going to cut interest rates and nobody else is around the world, that you know that weakens the dollar. However, if you think if they're going to hold tight on interest rates, keep them strong, and and, and everybody else doesn't change all that much, uh, that's going to be bullish for the dollar. So I guess it depends on your perception of what the Fed's doing and what what your perception of is on whether they're controlling inflation properly, whether you think there's the, the economy is going to have a soft or hard or whatever landing uh, in 2024. So there's a lot going on there. Now, if you have a softening of the economy, you're probably going to start. And I think this is what, partially what's going on in crude oil. It, everybody's a little concerned that the crude oil demand is going to, going to suffer. Um, you got all this dust up and all this mess over in over in the Middle East too going on, which would you would think would have been more supportive than it has, which tells me that there's some concern on the oil traders' part about uh, the strength of the economy and whether you can support good, the energy demand is going to be uh, suffering a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's been hard to believe we haven't put more war premium into the crude oil market. All right, right thanks for joining us, Tom Fitzmaurice with Summit Commodity Brokerage, and that is markets now.